Using a mist of synthetic sweat, the corrosion test exposes strings to elements mimicking a human finger. Over time, excess remains strong, while other strings corrode and become damaged. Testing complete. John Bollinger, we are in the House of Greece with J.D. Simo again. Man, it's so good to see you good again. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming. God, of course. So it's, to the fellas. Right. Uh, we were here last time, like, what, like eight years ago or something? At least, if not longer. We were just talking about that. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I guess, like, right when Perry started. It was right when you right. started. Yeah, yeah. And when that guitar had a lot more paint on it. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, it did. Yes, yeah, in it fact, did. do yourself a favor, people watching this. After this, watch the old one and see <laughs> see the abuse that this guitar has had. Well, you know what? There's a lot less paint. I'm 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> it's, 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 things change. <laughs> and you look the same. <laughs> the unaging John well, well, it's all part of my deal with the devil. Apparently <laughs> so. Jeez. <laughs> Everything uh, changes. <laughs> Well, okay, tell, fill everybody in on that guitar, because I, I recognize a couple changes, more than just the paint, but... Yeah, well, you know... Uh, what what year is this? 62. 62. And this I, is Snakebite, what you called it back in the day. Yeah, back then, I mean, you know, I just, it's my guitar, I don't really kind of, you know, name stuff really. Some people call it red and stuff, but, because it was red. <laughs> but uh, for the longest time, when I got it, the previous owner had 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 put a stop tail and because this is this had a custom made plaque and had the 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 holes already there to yeah. put a stop tail and so for years i used it with with the stop tail and then a couple of years ago well right at the beginning of the pandemic um you know we were all looking for things to do right so uh i have this old silver tone that had a bigsby on it and I played that guitar for like months on end and I got really used to it. And so when I pulled this out of the closet, having not played it for a few months, I was like, man, I really wish. So I just pulled the Bigsby out that had come on it originally oh. and put it, put it on it and put the original bridge with the nylon saddles back on it. And it's like, I love it even more than, than, than before. And, uh, People ask me all the time, like, did it change and all this stuff? I don't think so. Like, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with how this feels and right. sounds, and it's like, I, with this guitar in particular, it didn't really do anything negative. I, I love it. And uh, then, of course, I took it to Glazier because it wasn't really staying in tune, and so Nick down at Glazier uh, did all his work to the nut and to the saddles and under the bar here I guess the things that guys do to make them so they stay in tune and uh, it's great you know and I can't remember last time if uh, if I if, if Joe had put that in yet 
Oh, uh, no. So no, Joe, that's, that's new. Yeah, so Joe, this would have been like shortly after that because this has been this way for a long time, but I wanted it to go out of phase. And um, so Joe had to like take this pickup apart to make were, that possible. Were you reluctant to take a PAF apart? I wasn't. Joe was. <laughs> and Joe was like, Joe was like, he was like, I don't mind doing it for you. He's like, but I want to make sure you you really want me to do it before we do it. And um, and so, like I said, this is like this is a while ago. This is certainly 2014 or 15 or something. So yeah, he did it, and I love it because I use it all the time. And I love being able to go back and forth. And then we were in Europe um, one time, one of the many times, and. This screw fell out somewhere, so I had the pickguard off for a long time, and people were always asking me, like, "Oh, is that a you know, like, is that a cosmetic change?" I'm like, "No, I lost the screw." <laughs> and um, and but glazier, what's funny is over the years, underneath here, there's like this big hole here. There's like a Willie Nelson really trigger hole almost underneath here, because I would rest my pinky there. And I was slowly eating a hole right here. And so Glacier was like, you should really put that pick guard back on. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have a screw. And he's like, I'll give you a damn screw. <laughs> and so one of the times where I brought it in to have him fix it for, you know, a myriad of different things he's done to it, uh, I got it back and he had just put it back on. And I was like, all right, I'll leave it on. Because <laughs> Joe says so. Indeed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I mean, it's been refretted a couple of times. I think this is, we just did it in the last year. So this is like the third refret, I guess. But I'm pretty diligent um, in between tours. Like we just finished a couple days ago. And this has already been in to sort of get leveled. and Because I've learned over time that it's like if I do it, every few months it sort of gives it that much longer rather yeah. than just waiting for something to go wrong you know right. and yeah. the yeah. other the other thing is is this did in uh what was it 2017 i think or 18 no it was 2018 we were playing at a venue in washington dc that will remain nameless and uh got done with the gig and thank you good night and the, the boat was up on a road case, and I put it in the boat to walk into the dressing room, and it wasn't latched in because I just literally put it in there, and the sound guy Oof. knocked the boat over, and it cracked the headstock on this. And uh, so Glazier repaired the headstock and put like the carbon fiber inlay thing in there. And you know, I got it back and it sounded better. <laughs> and Joe, apparently, he's like, he's like, I stopped telling people that, that it might sound better because it's like the last thing you want to hear, like when your favorite instrument is in pieces or something. Is, right. Oh, don't worry, it'll be fine, you know? Like, but honest to goodness, it actually sounded better. And now it's like, I don't have to worry about it at all because it's like, there's carbon fiber in there. That sucker is not. Oh, yeah. So did but, you have a backup guitar with you? Because yeah. for the longest time, yeah. it seems like you were only playing that guitar. Still to this day, this is really the only thing I yeah. play. But yeah, I have um, a couple of, uh, there's one here that I use sometimes, and then there's a, a bunch that I have that, um, during that period, there's a um, Pelham Blue 
355 that I had gotten from Gibson that I used for a couple months, and which is a great guitar. Now, they were doing a, a replica of, of this Yeah, guitar. they did a run a few years ago, like, but it's, again, it's funny because it was like the, the, the aged, and so it was like a moment in time. It yeah, was yeah. like the aging at that particular moment, <laughs> you know? So it's like, so yeah, so which was a huge honor. And oh, yeah. I have a... Uh, I have a, a prototype that I, that's in there that I'm keeping from my daughter. So like, when she wants a car one day or something, right, right, I can be like, well, here, <laughs> it's like guitar, guitar uh, economics, you right, know, right, right, right. It's like here you go, honey. Yeah, Pop hey, will give you a guitar for it. Hey, I want, I want to hear the the that uh, oh, that the magic iPhone. switch. Yeah, let's hear. Yeah, it. so you know, in in sort of the. It's got that sort of, um, or like, you know, or what is it? You know, it's got yeah. that, that kind of sound, but then with the out of phase, it's... Wow. So it really changes it quite a bit totally different personality yeah and it and it really and I use both of them a lot you know and even for some of the funky to be out of phase is good as opposed to really right. it just kind of cuts all the low end out yeah. So yeah, I use it all the time, and it's a great mod. Yeah. And um, yeah, I recommend it to a lot of people. I think it's a really good, you know. You you get so many tones out of well, whatever guitar. Like, I'll check out his Instagram page. He's, <laughs> you're always doing these great things on different weirdo guitars. You get so many different tones out of just the instrument. It's really inspiring. Well, thanks, man. I I, I try, and I mean, um, it's. Uh, Funky guitars, man. You know they they lead you to cool places sometimes, and um, you know this is endlessly inspiring. Though I mean, really, it's it's the only one I ever really want to play. You know, like these others serve, with the exception of one of them, like they all kind of serve a very specific purpose. Well, let's uh, let's know? look at a few of these. Sure. Um, well, let's get back to that later when we're talking about amps. But yeah, but, yeah let's good. let's look at some of these other. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, probably the. The one that I use the most, other than red, is my is this guitar, which this is wow. my um, my my fucker ass caster. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is uh, this is an old um, this is an old body, um, and like a music craft neck huh. that you would like get off eBay or something. And this was put together by my good friend George Bradfute, um, great producer and funky guitar player and sort of a procurer of weird instruments for a lot of my friends. And um, I started messing around with uh, low tuning. This is tuned down to B, like, oh, a, like a baritone. Oh, we got to hear that. Okay, we, gotta, we can yeah. do that. We Why can do not? that. So I, I started messing around with 
with low tuning guitars and I don't really like baritone guitars though. I they they feel weird to me. Yeah. Um to I totally agree. So like I went to his house and I said uh, which is his studio up in Madison. And I said I need something I can tune down like if you have like a long scale Tysco or a Silvertone or something something that had a that has more string lengths. Yeah. And I didn't even really think about a Jaguar or Jazzmaster, but he had this sitting there and he had it all tuned out, tuned up. And this thing takes fuzz really good too, like. Uh this a lot uh, there's many songs that I use this on and the other thing that's cool is like I have it tuned in standard tuning but down to B so essentially like if you folks out there like if you just think of it as you know if you got a capo you know uh, but then so it's just a it's a standard uh, jazz body right with a and the neck is not it's just a standard neck but yeah. But it, it meant any tuning issues driving no, it down like that? No, and he set it up perfect. And he worked, Bradfeet worked at Gruen's way back in the day. Yeah. And there's like, you know, like Voros, who's there now and stuff. Like there's yeah. that sort of guitar whisperer yeah. thing yeah. for dudes that work at Gruen's. Oh, yeah. Tom Stadler had it too, sure. has it too, you know, yeah. who wor worked at Carter's for a long time. Um, so no, he just set it up real perfect, and I can go crazy on this. And um, these are from a buddy of mine up in Boston, who makes he's he's called VIP Pickups, um, and it, it's just a you know just a humbucker and a and a Strat, and um, and then of course it's wired to go out of phase because I love out of phase. That's your thing. I love out of phase, <laughs> but it's really cool though because. Um, sometimes I'm lazy when we're on the road and like this guitar like I can put a capo and make it down a half step here I can make it down a whole step so it's like I can use this for like six or seven tunes that huh. we do on any given night and um, so therefore I like I end up using this a lot and uh, and yeah and he George refinished it this is just like I think spray paint he got at the hardware store. Perfect. So like he like sanded it down and it looks like he he painted the pickup too. That was me. <laughs> that was me. I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was so bright. You like the double cream. So I, I was like, well, normally I would like that, but like I don't know this. Could, so I was just like, huh. And like, and I occasionally like I'm kind of I'm uh, I'm kind of punkish at times. So it's like there's sometimes I'll put stickers on guitars and stuff, and so. I had a big James Brown sticker on here at one point, and I took it off because, you know, whatever, I smoked that day. <laughs> and uh, I was like, ah, I don't want to see that today. But, uh, but yeah, this is great, and I use it all the time. And, and uh, Very cool. Very, that, that is a, uh, unexpected. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's that. And then okay. the other one that gets used um, all the time uh, I'm kind of going like for like the amount of use. This is something that my friend Gabriel put together. Gabriel Echo Park. 
oh, guitarist yeah. put this together. And it's, um, it calls, he calls it the Tavares, I think is the model. But it's like, I met him and he's an absolute crazy person. And I love him, like yeah. in the best way, like he's nuts. And I think they all are a little off. I think I think guitar builders are all a little off. And we're normal. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but like Gabriel is like one of the sweetest dudes. And I love him a lot, like as a friend. We've had some really deep spiritual conversations and stuff. And he was like, man, I'd love to put something together for you. And, you know, when he or anybody, like, I use like one guitar, you know, so yeah. it's like I don't, I'm not like the quickest, especially these days, to be like down, <laughs> you know, because it's like I just use the handful that I use, you know. Yeah. So not that I'm not grateful or appreciative. So with Gabe, like we got to know each other and I have a bunch of like old K's and Silvertones and Tyscos and stuff and they come out sometimes, I use them, you know, sometimes I'll bring them out on the road. Like I took them out on the fall tour and um, I certainly use them down here and stuff. So, you know, essentially he was like, well, well, let me make like an offset thing that's kind of like, you know, with a gold foil. And this is like a pickup from a 70s um, Telecaster. This is like one of the, like a wide range. Wow. And again, with the out of phase, but this thing, and I, usually I keep this thing tuned a whole step down most of the time. And this is like a... It sounds a lot like Junior Kimbrough to me. It's a really cool, inspiring instrument, and it's funky, and it's like, it has enough of the sort of like, Tysco Silvertone kind of vibe to make me be like, oh yeah, I want to play that. Yeah. But it's like, but it's like, it plays really in tune, and it's really easy to play, and my, my buddy, um, Chris Swope, this is his new uh, bridge design. Oh, cool. Um, and he's freaking dope and a really good friend, and so that got integrated. And well, yeah, I've not seen that. That's really, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, this is his new. I guess people are starting to use him, but um, you know, he he was he he helped you know with the building of this, and and it's great. And I've I've used it since I got it, and I think I used it on like the day I got it. Um, used it on track that's on the new record, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. So. Yeah, you know that makes sense because nothing's going to compete with your 335. So no, you just need different different voices. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's the thing. Like all these sort of suit different things. And so uh, this. Yeah, that one I've really been, I've seen you play that a lot on on uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, a 52 uh, ES5, and um, <sighs> it's a beautiful instrument and it's really great yes. paired with uh, paired with the the little alamo amp okay um, and uh it's noisy because it's not really it's really hard to ground 
these ones with the wooden bridges, it's oh, yeah. really hard to ground them properly, so you kind of have to like... It just instantly 1950. You so know. great, man! And I use this. Um, there's tunes. Um, there's tunes that we do occasionally. I haven't been doing them in the show since the fall, so this has hasn't been out the last couple of tours. But but I love it, and it's it does the T Bone Walker thing. That's yeah, it's the, the whole yeah, the whole T Bone thing, man. Yeah. How, so there's no switch. So you're just on off. Is that how the yeah. And master tone, and then volume for that, volume for that, volume for that. What do you tend to use? What's your what's um, your go-to? Well, I like to use either that like blown-out sound on the neck, right. which is sort of like a Jody Williams, or the varying degrees of out of phase that. Right. thin sound at times but for that appropriate stuff yeah it's uh, pretty necessary and uh, you're hearing my noise gate <laughs> that's so great and T-Bone would play it like yeah you like, play it like out that. like that the whole time it was yeah. so weird and so impractical yeah but and it so made, great it made sense to him yeah and, oh yeah yeah I you mean, know and um, you know I've, I've seen um, I've seen a lot of these and um, when they're set up right, you know, you can play them all night. I really, you know, this is like the one that really kind of always has flat lines on it because it just doesn't sound the, yeah. the, the, as right with uh, with rounds. Um, it looks hard to play. Is it? Is it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid to get it worked on because, I mean, because I used it like every tour, like in like 17, 18, 19, like I would play it every night. Yeah. And it would be like the one that was like, yeah, cause it is, it's pretty messed up, man. Like there's, this definitely needs a refret. The board probably needs to be playing. There's a ski jump up here. It's really hard, but like it does a thing that I really like and I'm afraid to fix it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, well dude, you sound amazing on it. So well, that's if it ain't broke. If it ain't broke, yeah. But uh, so that's that, and then yeah, like um, maybe if it if it was easier to play, it wouldn't do that same thing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at with it, you know, and um, and then uh, I guess I'll get into the acoustics last. But this this I use as sort of an alternate to red. Um, this is one of the new Murphy Lab. Oh. Um, from the Gibson Custom Shop and beautiful. They've been really cool to me, and um, I did a video um, for Gibson um, at some point last year, and this really caught my eye because I love Pelham. I just love Pelham anything. Sure. And um, one of my big heroes, Earl Hooker, had a Pelham SG. Oh. Um, so it like kind of. It really, I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. I really like that. Yeah. So we, you know, we we came to an agreement, and they were very kind. 
Um, and then I put um, Ox 4 pickups in it, which mm. um, have become really popular. Yeah. I met Mark. He's, he's British, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's a great player, man. And I met Mark 10 years ago. And my buddy Gary Bohannon, um, who's another tone chaperone, as it were, done a lot of stuff for, for Isbell. And um, I learned everything I know in the beginning from him. He was really in, you know, involved with Mark working on these. And I know Isbell and a bunch of other people have gotten really into these. And they're about my favorite. People ask me all the time. And you know, I've heard them all. And they all have their you know, or I shouldn't say I've heard them all. I've heard a lot of them and yeah. had them in guitars. And, you know, they all kind of have the thing that they do well and the thing that's kind of like, eh, you know. But these, I think, are about the the best. Do you, um, do you find they're pretty close to, to your PAFs? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, or a PAF. Yeah. I think that they're just... That's right, yeah, because no PAF is... Like no, so, you know, it's like these are... First of all, they're super reasonable compared to oh, the price of some now. Right. And so I dig that a lot. Yeah. And yeah, they just sound good. Like I put the, I remember like, you know, I got this and I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave it stock. I'm not going to, and then of course, you know, I'm like, I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's like, it's like, all right, liar. <laughs> and so, you know, and like Carter's, Carter Vintage, who they're like family members of mine, it's like, you know, they got a whole case of them. So it's just like, yeah. I'll just go down there and grab it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it made a big improvement. I mean, like it gave that high harmonic thing. And um, Or so. they, they have that microphonic thing? Yeah, too. totally. And so it's a great, you know, it's what I would suggest to anybody out there, you know, because they're very reasonable. They're fairly easy to get, and Mark is a good dude. And they, they made a great difference in this guitar. And... Um, and so, yeah, so this has become like the sort of alternate. And, sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, from there, it's like moving into acoustic world. Yeah. Um, which I'm a big Lightning Hopkins fan, so we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I use this a lot because, um, again, there's a couple of tunes that I use this for. And I always run my acoustics um, through my amplifier which um, people are like, what? <laughs> and, um, but uh, no, but it, we don't really play loud like I used to. Oh God, you were, there's no, there's you know, no comparison. JD, you have the, uh, you have the distinction of being the, the loudest rig rundown. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> Jay Mascus has got to have me beat, like uh, insanely beat. I don't know, Chris, you were on that. What? <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I use this at least on a tune or two a night, and it's an old um, Silvertone um, acoustic from the 60s. I got this at Fanny's House of Music, one of my favorite places to shop here. Um, we're so lucky here, man. Oh, we were talking before we did this. It's like, I, you know, especially being out on the road again with other bands that are from other cities, it's like we come home and it's like, I need my guitar fixed, so I'll go to Joe Glazier and Nick. Right. Or, you know, I have, like, my fuzz face needed something done to it, and I call Barry at Exact Tone Solutions, and he's like, yeah, just swing by, yeah. you know? Or, like, my amps need work, and it's like, 
Zach over at Carter's, who's like my main guy, or Zach, yeah, Zach's my guy. I, I, I mean, like, yeah. and he's like, yeah, man, just come by. I'll get you in and out in an hour or two. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's pretty insane. And it's like, from a gear hunting perspective, it's like Carter's, Gruen, Rumble Seat, right. Fannies. It's just yeah. like, but I like Fannies a lot. And Craigslist. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. there's for road cases. Oh God, right there's yeah, yeah, no, I never pay retail for road cases, kids. Yeah, right, because right. you know what. Winter comes around, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden, there's a couple road cases of yeah. you know hundred dollars or best offer. Yeah, totally. All of a sudden, that four hundred dollar you know charge just becomes a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's the yeah. way to go. So, but anyway, so but yeah. did you do anything to it or just no? No, wow. I went in there. Um, Although I that's got to play like a truck, kind of, right? No, it's great. That's part of the reason I got it because I went to I went into Fanny's to look at this other. Uh, guitar that I ended up buying, um, and uh, which is like an archtop thing. And I went into the acoustic room because she always has a bunch of like ugly duckling acoustics yeah. that, you know, when you find a good one, oh, they're yeah. really cool. And like I, I've done a bunch of work over at the Wood Brothers uh, studio, and you know, obviously Oliver is really into that too. And it's like, you know, you find a handful of these that have that kind of, you know, and you know, at most they're going to be three, four hundred dollars. It's right. like it, it's, it's, you know, if it's, it, and so like in a situation like this where it's like it played really good and it sounded great, and I was like, I can put it in that tuning for those songs, and it's perfectly tactile. And I saw a video of Ry Cooter using one of these M80s in an acoustic guitar. And so, you know, I just put one of those in there. And I actually really like, because normally I'd put a passive thing in there or an old DeArmond like that one. And I was just lazy and I remember like I had like a day or two and I was like, I need to put a pickup in this guitar. And, uh, and Kevin down at Carter's was like, we have some M80s in stock. And I was like, just put one of those in. I really like it. It sounds great. Yeah, so. yeah bags are great. They're, yeah. They're so... So there's that, and then there's um, there's a couple of tunes um, that I've started um, started playing mandolin on. So oh, this is cool. an old this is an old K mandolin from the '60s, and um, um, there was this guy who used to play with Sleepy John Estes. His name was Yank Rachel, and he played blues mandolin, electric electric mandolin, which is you know which is which is hip, you know. Yeah. That kind of like <laughs> distorted crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not hillbilly, you know, it's 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 like hill country blues kind of deal. And so um this was at Carter's and it's the same model that that Yank had. And um so this is great. And, um, Any idea what year that is? No, I mean sixty, some probably sixty-five or six, because that's when Kay was making stuff like this. But sure. but um, look at that spruce top. I exactly. Mean, yeah. And this was really cheap too. Yeah. You know, um, you know, if there aren't pictures of Jimi Hendrix using something or Jimmy Page, <laughs> then all of a sudden you can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right. working dudes can, <laughs> yeah. can get them. You know. So I use this on on a tune or two, and um, and then my favorite. Is this thing? Yeah, which, man. Which so, this is. Uh, 
Ah, whatever. The house of grease things fall over. <laughs> um, the uh, this is um, a '61 '61 um, J50, and um, we were uh, recently in Houston playing, and uh, a good friend of mine, Charlie Daughtry, who's the head of the Les Paul Forum, and has sure. been like completely instrumental in like all the ridiculous things that I've gotten to borrow over the years like he's been a big part of that like yeah. great guy uh, unreal and a great player and so he I'm a huge Lightning Hopkins fan like there's next to in my in our my wife and I's bedroom there's a painting the only piece of artwork in our whole bedroom is this painting of Lightning you know so <laughs> I love Lightning Hopkins a lot and so um, Bart Whitrock who's Tom Whitrock's brother owns this guitar store in Houston called Rock and Robin, and he has Lightning's guitar, and he let me borrow it for the show, and it was like a religious experience for me. And you know, I've had the good fortune of playing a lot of um, a lot of famous guitars, and and I know you have too. Like, I mean, it's like that one, like. That was the one. It blew my mind. Well, I, I, I saw your Instagram post about that. Yeah, it was. Totally blew my mind, man. Because yeah. it was like, you know, it's like guys like him and like um, like Dan Arbach has has Hound Dog Taylor's guitar now. Really? And Fred McDowell's old Trini and stuff. It's like those are, there's a, there's a certain element to like those guys that it's like they had one, man. Yeah. You know? Like they right. didn't have 20 guitars throughout their career. Like they had like two if they were lucky, you know? So it's like, that was, it left a big mark. And so yeah. I tracked this one down and I played a whole bunch because I was like, I have to get one now. Like, and I'd never really like totally um, bonded with an acoustic, like, like, like with my 335. Yeah. I've had lots of great acoustics, but I was like, yeah, I need, I need one. So like the whole day I had lightnings, I was like playing it in every conceivable position, <laughs> like trying to like remember uh, like how it felt, how it sounded, and so I tracked this one down, and this is a f fucking killer one. And the other thing that was cool was there's all this internet conjecture because you know that's where everybody knows the truth, right? Right. And uh, <laughs> hello, comment section. And um, but it was cool because I was actually able to see what DeArmond was actually enlightened because oh. there's a lot of conjecture about which one it was, yeah. you know. And so I was able to be like. Okay, it's that one, you know. So I found one, and and this thing is like really great, and really does the the lightning, you know. I got really lucky with this because over the years I've had probably three or four of, of these DeArmond sound holes and um, they don't all sound good. Do you they just, all not have the magnet on the B string? That's not so all of them, weird. But 
The one that Lightning has, so this is the thing for the people out there, so now they can jump from $300 to $700. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. Quick, buy before this airs. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's the, it's sort of the mid-60s Diarmin that, that doesn't have, that has the lowered B pole piece, and the rest of the pole pieces are flat, because people, the conjecture that was, that I'd always, been had been told was that Lightning had the one with the raised pull pieces and so those were like double the price and right. it's like well that's not what was in Lightning's guitar so <sighs> so anyway not that it matters he's Lightning Hopkins so yeah but anyway but I love this thing and as you can hear like electrically it sounds really cool so I'm kind of starting to veer in this direction a little bit where you know, I'm sure that when we go back out, because we're going back out on tour in April and May, um, and I'm sure there will probably be more stuff veering in that direction, because I'm just really taken with it, and like I said, the distorted mandolin and all that, yeah. like, that mixed with the psychedelic fuzzy stuff, and it's just, I don't know, like, I just love them both a lot. So. Right. Well, so, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because I've been watching you play. Like, I used to watch you at Roberts all the time. Well, I used to watch you when I, <laughs> when I played at Roberts. I mean, shoot. But, but, I remember the night I'm, okay, man, the night I moved to town. The night I moved to town, folks, it was in February of 06 was when I moved here. <clears throat> and it was, and it snowed. And you were playing the rap party at Opry Mills for the television show. Oh, yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were playing the rapper. So the first night I was oh, in Nashville, really? I saw you play. Ah, so, yeah. you know, there you go. Well, and he looked, and he, and he looked <laughs> the same. Well, I was dying my hair back then, so. Other than that. You're a vampire, yeah, you? yeah, yeah, right. But when you were, uh, but God, that stuff you did on, like you took that telly thing so far. And I did the best I could. I mean, God, dude, you're you're in a. I mean, that's what I love about your playing because every style you do, it's always you, but it's nice. very authentic to that thing. Whether you're doing like, like you know, like the Lightning Hopkins thing or 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 whatever, it's always your thing with that tone and your your telly stuff. Well, okay, this is a bit of a side bit, but like where everybody else, I think it's because. You weren't a Nashville guy. You approached it totally differently. Well, I didn't have any time. Like, that was the whole thing was, like, when I... Like, your chicken picking thing isn't, like, a Nashville guy, but it's, like, no, I cooler. Oh, because I did... Well, I appreciate you saying that, but that was... That was... Especially from you, because you're an amazing player. Oh, so it's, like... Please. The, the uh, you know, like, I got... Don Kelly gave me a chance to sit in on... He said, come back Sunday, and it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday when I first met him, okay? Yeah. And so I knew I had a couple of days to shed, and, you know, I'd never used my middle finger. I still don't. And um, so it was like, how can I figure out how to do this? Because I'd never played country music. And um, <laughs> I hadn't. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, but I was starving, literally starving. <laughs> I was way lighter then. The Chiefs were way farther in. Um, and uh, so I've, I just, you know, I flat picked everything yeah. and muted you with the base of my palm. And that was just a way for me to be able to assimilate it in a couple of days. God, I, yeah. it's And it, then it just continued because then it was like I sat in on the Sunday and then he was like, well, I was okay. Why don't you come back Wednesday and fill in for Guthrie? 
Yeah. You know, one of the yeah, best for, in the for world. For the record, for you non-Nashville people, this is, that was like the, out of that band came the best country guitar players in the world. I mean, really in the world. Yeah. And, and JD's one of them. So. Yeah, and it was, it was an incredible experience. And so I, you know, as it went on from there, like I never knew, like if I would be asked back, I never knew if it was my last night. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because it's like, for, for... Meanwhile, everybody in the audience is like, oh my God. Well, no, so like, so it meant that like, I never felt like, a, 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 I never felt like I had the time to like work, like I only felt like I could make do with what I had to try and get through it. Because it was like when I finally, because I subbed for Guthrie for the better part of a year, and that was all like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. It was never, it was never like, and then Guthrie left, and like, I kind of assumed, because I was like the main sub at that point, yeah. I kind of assumed that I would get the gig, but then he didn't offer me the gig. And so, like, there was like two months where I didn't know if I was coming back the next day. Because in, like, in retrospect, like Don was making his mind up what he was going to do. Because, yeah. you know, there were many other guys that were suitable for the gig uh, and certainly much more prepared for it than I was. And so when he finally gave me the gig full time, you know, that's like 14 months of like trying to not get fired. Yeah. And then it was that thing of I'm giving you the gig, but I can still fire your ass. So right. it was like. You know, I tell people all the time, it's like, I had been in the band probably three years, like the first time I actually went, <sighs> you know, because like, I didn't know, you know, right. and he never, you know, like that band never rehearsed and we never... Uh, no, it's earn while you learn. Yeah. yeah, and I never knew what the next song was going to be and, you know, and he would turn around. I mean, but you see, John knows this because it's like, that's very much yeah. that oh, thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, he would turn around and he would sing, if there was a kickoff, he would sing it to you or hum it to you and expect <laughs> you to play it and and then berate you through the entire <laughs> song. But it, like, but it like makes you into a man. Like, yeah. I don't think, you know, like I, I have this talk all the time, you know, cause I was with Don for the same period that like Guthrie and Johnny Highland and Kenny Vaughn and Brent Mason and Troy Lancaster and, um, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting more. Yeah, but like everybody seems to do five or six years, and that four four to five nights a week that's a lot. That's a lot. That's your ten thousand hours yeah. pretty much. And you know, like to have like that kind of like you know, there's no time in that gig to feel like you're something because Don is just like berating you, like just <laughs> completely taking what little bit of confidence you may have. And it's like, and it's not, and people go, man, he, must, he sounds like a dick. He could be, but like, but it was like really like, it was, it turned, it's why so many great musicians came out of it because it's like, he wasn't gonna stand there and tell you that you did a great job if he didn't, yeah. you know? Like he wasn't gonna, like if something wasn't right, he wasn't gonna like, you know, sort of sidestep and, you know, he was, he was going to tell you. So, so consequently, like if you did something that was truly great and he gave you a nod or something like that, it really meant something. And then you're like, oh, well, let me fight for more of those, you know? And I think that, you know, especially nowadays, you know, not to sound like an old man or something, but it's like, you know, 
young musicians need that because you don't yeah. start out great. You no. know, like you start out like you can start out good, but it's like it's the refinement process and all those dudes that chisel you into the into the Greek god <laughs> that stands before you. You know, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, well man, it it, it was uh, do you ever use that kind of country stuff in your Oh yeah. Current it, it you know what's funny is is in playing like R and B playing. Yeah. Hey, let's okay. There's, let's get back to red. All right, because we're gonna that. cover. We want to cover pedals and amps. You you know it. Yeah, and and I want to see, I want to see a little bit of that crazy technique. It's like <laughs> you're doing all these. I, I would watch you and like it's like they're all downstrokes. Like how are you? Pretty much. Yeah. Because I just, didn't know any better. <laughs> just I mean I I couldn't. So like i've never understood it well i don't understand it either <laughs> much like this strap doesn't understand my hat <laughs> so yeah folks we're really cool down here but um so yeah i mean it's obviously it's different on a non um telecaster but yeah. but like if i'm playing like a leo nocentelli sort of like a Like, it's that same using the palm of my hand. So it's like, I don't really view that it. That is so him. Thank you, man. Well, I don't think that it's that different, though. Like... Catfish Collins is another big influence on me who played with James Brown in the late 60s. And um, he would do the same thing. Yeah. He would anchor with anchor like that. And so, like, you know, he'd be like. Like, I don't Dude. really view it that differently, you know? Cause that it's is like, inspiring, man. Well, thank you, yeah. man. But I mean, like, to go from that to, you know, uh, like, there's not. There's not. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, for the rest of us. Yeah. Well, but there's not the, like there's not a lot of difference between the two. So like it, people ask me not so much anymore because I think it's like it's been long enough and you know we've toured so much and all that. But it's like every once in a while somebody asks like if I miss playing country music or something like that. And it's like I genuinely do from time to time because you know. I, it, I love all types of music and especially roots music in general. So, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's not like in the van right. that occasionally we don't listen to Merle Haggard or listen to like all the hippie stuff that I grew up loving, Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris and all yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all part of the stew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because now I see you playing more with your fingers than anything. It yeah. seems like. It seems well, like and that's from playing more and more slide. Yeah. Um, and also the lightning thing, where, and also like my fascination with, um, 
uh, with Junior Kimbrough and all the Hill Country stuff because they never use a pick. And so it's like that sort of sloppy. Uh, all that right. kind of stuff is very like thumb heavy. And, yeah. And also like John Lee Hooker, you know, like. <laughs> Playing like John Lee Hooker, yeah. you know. Very like, I always talk. He's like, he's like the Jackson Pollock of booze. Like, <laughs> right. He was right, like just throwing. No, because he man. would do. There's this record I have over there that's so great, and it's him. It's called John Lee Hooker Alone, and it's him in the '70s. He did tours just by himself. And it's like to hear him, I mean, that's like totally like him alone just. Like, it's just so guttural and primal and beautiful. And yeah, and I mean, so there's a lot of, so yeah, the pick is becoming less and less. Now, when I'm you doing. do use a pick, what one are you playing? Um, these beautiful. Uh, as I drop it. <laughs> these beautiful <laughs> undroppable. These beautiful undroppable. Um, uh, just Dunlop. Uh, I think they're uh, they're like Fender mediums. Yeah, Fendery. And I went back to the to the Tortex uh, or not Tortex, the Tortoise Shell, old school because yeah. it for the clean stuff. Um, I think it makes it makes more of a difference where if it's like if the pick is too uh, bright. It, it doesn't sound right if you're trying to... If you're trying to sound like, like that or, 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 like, or like Reggie Young, kind of, you know, like... Yeah. clean stuff like it just sort of it just sounds really good and then when I play mandolin I use the 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 what is it the Dave Grisman the sure dogs. the big sicky yeah because yeah, it just because the sharp points and even the rounded edge just don't work on the mandolin as much but but yeah so. very cool okay now let's talk about these amps uh. <laughs> well the main amp for me for a couple of years now has been the Ampeg Gemini One. God, um, it sounds so. And is that the reverb we're hearing? Yeah. Oh, dude. That's so the best. Great. I got hip to them. Um, I'm I'm a real big uh, Daptone fan, and like Tommy Brennick and um, Vinky Griptite, all those guitar players are. You know, it's it's like the best guitar players on the planet. I think right now, and they're big, uh, they're big Gemini fans, and so I bought. I bought one off Craigslist uh, here in town for for three hundred dollars. Right, they're they're cheap. And, That's the amazing thing about it. And I bought that one uh, from a, from some guy up in Brooklyn for four hundred. Yeah. And that is like my favorite amp I've ever owned. Do you know what year it is? I think it's 64, 63 or sixty four, and you know, I just, I mean, they've gone up a little bit in price since I got it. But it's just, 
the amount of, uh, you know, I'm a record nerd and all this kind of stuff. And so it's like the amount of photos, man, of like Muscle Shoals here in Nashville at Studio A, Studio B. Right. There was a place in Chicago called the Sound Studio, which like a lot of R&B records and blues records were made, like Magic Sam cut there and Tyrone Davis cut there and all this stuff. All those photos have, the, the studios are littered with, 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 Reverber rockets, Gemini's, um, and from what I understand, from what people have told me, and I could be wrong, but because uh, people are certainly wrong from time to time, uh, but I guess Ampeg, trying to get the amps out there, actively sent, like gave them to like all of the major recording centers, because like even yeah. in, in New York, I mean, because they were in New Jersey, I guess, but it's like Atlantic Studios in New York. I mean, like there's. Ton, there's like you look in photos of like Aretha Franklin sessions and stuff. There's plenty of fenders, but there's so many amp like just all sure. over the place. So, you know, I tried it, and it's just like it does everything I want. The reverb and tremolo are amazing, and are, are you at all nervous about touring with a vintage amp about it just going down? Do you have to do much maintenance to them? Or yeah, there's a little bit. I mean, there's there's any amplifier needs a little bit of some attention before it's going to be bouncing around a trailer yeah um but uh i don't really have that much i mean it's a little temperamental like i mean compared to the other stuff like compared to like old fenders and stuff like that that i mean i seemingly can just throw in road cases and never worry about right um they are really built bulletproof they really are generally especially yeah. if they're you know i do have to i have on these last several tours i've had to mess with the Ampeg a little bit, but it's always tube related. Yeah. And I have like a whole like tech case of like anything I could ever need. And so yeah. it's like, you know, I go through and find, okay, which tube is making a problem. And, you know, I've learned enough over the years to, to get, to get through if there's a problem, but no, generally, you know, I love that. That's like, you know, it does everything I want. And it's like, it's like loud enough. It's like, I don't know, like I, I got to a point, you know, cause I, I stopped using the Marshalls and I got really into using just old Fenders, mostly super reverbs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then um, got away and then, uh, and then found that. And it was just like the perfect, where it's like, if I'm playing a small place, it's fine. And even when we're outdoors or something like that, I just put it up on a road case and it's, totally fine and it's very consistent where it's like we're always the same like when we're playing together it's like our sound checks are hilarious because even in big places like all we all i ever do is put vocal up front and the other two guys we never that's the only monitors on stage really because we set up really tight yeah. and it's like and we just you know you just listen like a band <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, yeah. Did you give me more hi-hat in my ears? <laughs> yeah, right. I want tambourine just in my left ear. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's just really nice because it just makes it really consistent. And uh, yeah, I love that thing. So that's the majority of the time. Uh, that deluxe reverb is um, like a mid-70s one that just happened to be at Carter's one day. Is that the one? And You've had forever? No, no. The I, one, remember, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a blackface or old one. It got stolen in Italy. Oh, really? That, and that was the Don Kelly amp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one hurt. It was, well, because I had retired it, like, 
you know, because I was doing the Marshalls and all that. And so, like, I, you know, when I started getting off the Marshalls, which was fairly quick after I saw you last, it was maybe another year or two, uh, I was like, man, what am I doing? I've got my Deluxe Reverb that I used on, like, every gig and every session, and I'll just use that. That'll give me anything I could ever want. And so, first tour, we the tour started in uh, Rome, and... Uh, and the suckers got it in Rome. Oof. And so it's floating around somewhere. But, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately it's not. But I've had others over the years because I love deluxe reverbs. And, um, you know, the, the Ampeg Gemini is basically like Ampeg's deluxe reverb, you know. Yeah. And when people ask me, like, well, how can you describe it? Like, the Gemini is like, it's a little tweedier sounding. Mm. Like, all of the spikiness of, a, of, a, of like a 60s Fender is gone. And it's like woody instead of, and it still has reverb and tremolo. Yeah. So anyway, so I use that from, that's a particularly good sounding one that's been Blackface. And I got it from Carter's for really re reasonable because Blackfaces are turning, I mean. Crazy. I, Crazy. Why? I, why? I don't know. Because everybody, <laughs> you know, does everybody need one? You yeah. know? No, but. I got five of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we're hoarders, man. That's what we well, do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Joke. But, uh, so, no, but I, uh, you know, silver faces are floating around for in or around a thousand bucks. And yeah. what little needs to be done to them, of course, now they'll go up to 1500 now. But right. what needs to be done to them, if you find one that sounds good, you can put a speaker and clip the two things that make it into a blackface. Right. If you knew what you're doing, you easy can do it conversion. yourself, but it's very easy. And so So what speaker is in that? A Weber Faramax. Oh, love which Weber which the Faramax, I know it's really popular. I know Isabel really likes them. A lot of other people like them. The Faramax speaker to me is the most old sounding speaker. Yeah like that's made right now that's new and so that's what's actually in all of my amplifiers uh currently because on tour i know i have to worry about them and they sound great i have like the original speaker from the gemini that like sounds amazing but like i don't want to blow it in sure i don't want to blow it in santa fe you know like yeah. i'd i'd rather blow it down here and be like <laughs> yeah. all right you know yeah, right. so i know it'll happen so anyway yeah the weber Fairmax is my favorite and um, so that's what's in there. And that's a great amp, too. I use that on some of the new record. Uh, the, the Gemini is pretty much all of the new record, but the Deluxe is. And then... Uh, yeah, what's this weird little one in so, between? So the, 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 the little one is um, a 49 Alamo Model 3. Alamo wow. made amps in the 40s and 50s in San Antonio. And um, again, Charlie Daughtry... Uh, hit me to them and actually gave that to me as a present and he gave it to me I think just as you know you should have one of these you know this these are great and that thing has become like I mean I've used it on so many people's records and Tons Talk about of my an stuff. easy load in. Well, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just such a great sound, and it's yeah. just so. There's nothing to. It's basically like a, you know, like a tweed, like a tweed Princeton, but it's better than anyone. I've had tweed Princetons and tweed Champs and stuff like that, and it's like, 
it's just great. And so I use that a lot and I usually like I like to run the mandolin through it because it really does something for that. And then um, occasionally um, I'll, I'll run the ES5 through it because it just really does something. Um, so yeah, and it's only like maybe five, five or eight watts and it's perfect. But oh, that's uh, great. But yeah, I remember uh, I took it to the Wood Brothers studio and Brooks was engineering and he was like, I like that. And I'm like, I'm like, you're not getting this one. Like, There's tons of great little amps in here. You're not getting this one. Yeah, right. You know, like that's like my favorite. So, yeah. so I use that a lot. And then the other one is something that Zach Allen actually put together for me um, from Carter's. It's one of his pre-CBS. Um, oh, like his personal build. Yeah, okay. and it's it's basically a Princeton, but with 7591s like the Gemini. So it's it's like a Princeton Gemini, essentially. Well. Um, and it's great. I used it on this last tour. Um, I'm such a creature of habit that it's hard for me to not use what I'm used to. But I did force myself to use it a couple of times. And I say force myself, which is... Could it keep up with your band as far oh, as yeah. volume goes? No, it was perfect. It was virtually, you know, virtually indecipherable. Huh between that and the Gemini. So yeah, I used it and it was it sounds great and it's um, super reliable and he did a really great job. And um, so that's actually really nice because it's like I have a bunch of other stuff. Like I'm also into like, I've got a custom tuck and roll back here that I like to use and there's actually behind where they're filming, I actually have these old Shure Vocal Master PAs that I like to run guitar through oh, because really? it sounds really weird. Yeah. And I've got other stuff too, but like this is like the main. Isn't it great? There's that there's that cheap stuff, that old cheap stuff that is great. Hidden gems. I, I, yes, like I said, it's like you know, there's so much from the golden era that you know there isn't a photo of somebody famous using it, and you know it literally makes the difference sometimes between something being five hundred dollars and something being three grand, you totally. know, or more. So it's like. Right. I'm a big proponent of that with yeah. guitars, with amps, with effects. It's, you know, because it's, yeah. there's a lot of it, man. Of course, you've got a $25,000 guitar. Well, not now, <laughs> probably. I, I don't mean, know. It's probably worth even more now. I doubt yeah. it. I've beat the living piss out of it, so yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, it's funny, man, because it's like there's been a couple of times over the last few years where, like, people have sort of been like, you know, what would you take for that? And it's like, oh, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I have my, it's my guitar. Man. Yeah, like, right. No, right. man. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, like you're talking about those, those, uh, those guys that had their, their guitar, like Timo Walker or Hound Dog, they had their guitar. That is, I mean, that is your yeah, guitar. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and you know, people do ask me though, like, and I do think that it's important to note that it's like, you know, if I didn't have this, like when I didn't have it, yeah. I just use something else. I mean, it's oh, like, like I said, back in the day, you were playing a cheap telly and, you know, it. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like, as long as this is an option, of course, I'm going to use it. Yeah. And that was, that's the lesson I've learned, like, over years of, right. like, having lots of really incredible instruments and all that, that it's like, yeah. if this is just, if it's there, I'm just going to use it, man. Yeah. And like I said, there's nights where, you know, okay, it's show 16. We got five left. Yeah. I'm feeling lazy. Don't feel like loading everything in, yeah. you know. It's like, all right, just take this and the Jazz Master, and it's like, 
I'm good. Yeah. I can do the whole show and I'm right. fine. Right. You know, uh, yeah. la laziness plays a part sometimes. <laughs> What's well, funny, you know, Bonamassa was saying, like, the difference is like maybe 5% between like the top shelf, the toppest of the top shelf, and the other, you know, stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would agree with that. You know, yeah. it's certainly not what people pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even close. Certainly not. And it's and, I, and that and that kind of I'm I don't know, man. Like the older I get, like it, that kind of ticks me off a little bit because it's just kind of it's so unnecessary. You know, there's you know, it's um, I mean, there's people starving in the world. I mean, you can, yeah, right. you, can you can you can take this in a lot of like very uh, deep places, uh, which I which I absolutely would. But it's like. You know the world is is full of need and need versus want is a very is a you know like we don't need anything i mean we're so fortunate you know yeah, i know and when i say we i mean it's the the royal we man, you know? <laughs> but um but uh the uh you know it's it's uh it's it's certainly not um what some of the stuff is worth it's I mean, I've had the uh, honor of playing lots and lots and lots of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a handful of instruments that, like, left a mark on me. Like, there was a Flying V that particularly, like, I was like, I don't think I've ever heard a better sounding instrument. But it's like, does that mean that it's worth that? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, but I don't, if you got the option. Well, I mean, not? yeah, if, the, if it's there to be yeah. used, then fine. But I'm just saying that it's like, you know, for, for the most part, it's like, whether something's good or not is not reflective in what it's worth, first right. and foremost, which is really kind of ridiculous because yeah. it's like, you know, I've played plenty, I'm sure you have too, that's like, yeah, yeah. that's great. This is, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's not that great, you know. Yeah, yo, yo, some, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to have what I have and, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it all serves a purpose and really when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, Lord willing, I'll be able to play this until I, until I'm gone, and right. then somebody else will get to use it. And, yeah. You hey, know. speaking of stuff, the last little bit is your the last bit. Your very modest pedal board. Yeah. I remember when you didn't have a single pedal. I know, right? <laughs> I know. It was a, that was a long period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the guitar and the amp. Yeah. So, so I. Um, the main thing is uh, um, this old fuzz face, which. This is a, this is, I think it's a 71, I think, and it's a, I'm told it's a BC, not 108, something else. See, I already forgot. Sorry. Um, but anyway. There's somebody in the notes will look at that and tell you. It's not it a BC 108, it's another delineation of BC something. But a friend of mine, Nick Savigny, who is a really great player who is up in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. He brought this to a sound check one day a couple years ago. And that's just a terrible thing when somebody brings something awesome to a sound check. Yeah. Because you're like, you're in the zone. You're obviously employed for the, that amount of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you hear something that, as my dear friend Dave Cobb says, you can't unhear. And you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And you know, like, I tried it at Soundcheck, and I was like, damn, that's great. And he was like, oh, you should use it for the gig. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. And, um, <laughs> and I use it for the gig, and it's just, like, so gnarly and so good. And so we worked out a deal, and I've tried to, like, I've tried to get off it. Because it's like, 
you know, I look at like the rest of my rig with the exception of my guitar, as you just said, <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. Like, no, I mean, there's is. some really nice stuff, but it's like, it's not awesome. I wouldn't call it that ostentatious. No, and no, I like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that silver tone, you, you will, yeah, you'll, which sounds amazing, you can find for exactly. You know, very so, and I'm, I'm joking. I mean, you know, it's like I, I got really nice stuff. So, I mean, it's not to belittle or whatever. I'm sure there's going to be a few comments for that, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, in any rate, mm -hmm, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I love, I, I can't get off this thing. I've got some wonderful uh, other fuzz fates type things yeah, that, that thing. people have, like, made for me and, like, tried to clone that. But it's just like, this thing does, like, an exploding thing. It just does this <laughs> exploding thing that yeah. Like nothing else does, man. Yeah, I think it knocked a filling loose. I'm I sure it did. <laughs> right, right, right there. It gets great. you right where. So I use that um, for like some of the psych, more psych elements of yeah. the show. And then this thing right here is um, an old K fuzz, which in the 60s. Um, K made, um, they were orange and they looked like Wawa petals, but they were made of plastic. Huh. Really cheap. And Daniel Lenoir was like really prominent. He oh, really? used one and I always wanted one because uh, was it Sessions on 54th Street, that show in the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was on it alone and he did this like solo piece with the K Fuzz and it's just so fucking cool. Yeah. And so I'd always wanted one, but I'm not a petite gentleman anymore. Nor was I ever really. And so that original thing wouldn't even make oh. it past. So a buddy of mine here in town um, put an old one in like an MXR oh, box. And cool. so this, and it's got like a little bit of octave, um, but. Uh, It's really gated, so like I can oh. use it like like that or So I use it as like a more of a biting kind of a fuzz or I like to say like sort of like a R&B fuzz because like the fuzz face, obviously, like Hendrix, or I love Eddie Hazel a lot, and he used a fuzz face and a big muff and stuff. But like a lot of the R&B guys who like play with Isaac Hayes and and who play with um, Curtis Mayfield and stuff used Maestros and stuff that were really gated. And so like if you put like reverb and trim on and do like the walk on by thing. For, for that kind of thing, you know, 
sort of and like mimicking horn lines or yeah. like so there's some stuff that we do that's sort of Afrobeaty now and so like trying to sound like a horn line much in the same regard that like Keith Richards on Satisfaction or something like right. it kind of works. <laughs> like that so I so I love that and the, the, those are like my two favorites and then um, and then an old wah this is uh, I've got many wah-wahs because huh, I break them um, sure so um, a lot of times I use this for most of the tour this is made by my buddy in California BMF sure. um, and again with the uh, exactly it matches yeah. it matches my wallet <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so again with my I think the last time I was here my wall was painted I have I have one style of art and it's like brain matter or whatever <laughs> like it's like little lines so it's yeah. like so anyway so this I use this this is about my favorite like modern wall yeah. and this is like really quiet and like really dependable and then I can't help myself, and I'm like, all right, I need to use my yeah. old ones. Yeah, it's so, too quiet and dependable. I exactly, need something old. <laughs> exactly. So, so this one is, um, all right, I'm going to lift the veil on another thing and probably get in trouble. Like, people are going to be like, stop it, JD. <laughs> but like, okay, so like this one and this one over here are mid-70s, what's known as Sepulveda um, crybabies, okay? And... Essentially, you can usually find these for less than a hundred bucks, and the amount of difference between this and a '69 or '70, like Crybaby or Vox, is like beyond not minimal. Huh. Okay, and like especially like there's a tweak that you can do. There's this guy named Chase Tone, okay, who makes this Wawa pot that is like dead on old school and they're like 12 bucks on wow. eBay. So like if you get one of these that has like the same board and the same, uh, a very similar inductor to like the grail ones and then put that pot in there, you know, so. Man, I, I think it's cool the way you use a wah too because you're not doing the waka waka waka. You, like you'll find a cool tone and write it there. I you like to it like use it. I like to use it that way the most. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I, I do. I mean, for some of the stuff, the Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. So, anyway, but yeah, I like using it. Leo Nesentelli from the Meters is like, I just you know he's another one that I just can't get enough of and. I don't know if on those old records, like it was like the mic pre-distorting or something, but like all of his clean, cause it's all, it's all like humbucker Gibson middle position. But it's like, if I put this on and just leave it in the toe position. It's just there's the sound yeah and it's like you know and it's not hard it's just literally using the wah-wah as that so i don't know if he did that but 
Well, I, you do it. I do it all the time. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like Earl Hooker used it all the time. I really, over time, you know, because, like, when I first started playing slide, it was, like, a lot of distorted, like, obviously, Dwayne Allman and all sure. that kind of stuff. But it's like, Earl, I'm really into the, you know, using wah-wah, no reverb. <laughs> kind of thing it's so just like expressive man it's really cool man and i yeah. just i'm really ate up with it so the wawa plays a big part and then hey, before i forget what slide are you using is that like a bottle yeah this is something that um a fan made me who lives in england and this is just part of a wine bottle and um <laughs> so you know i've been using this one for like three years now i guess and um I've almost lost it like a couple of times, like for real. Yeah. And then like mystically, it came back to me. <laughs> like, and I was just like, and every time I was like, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. <laughs> she served me well, yeah. I'll use something else now. Yeah. And then like the next day, like the guys in the other band or something are like, hey man, is this yours? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so good to see you old friend. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is part of an old wine bottle, and um, it's something that I use core seedings forever. Yeah, um, and then I got tired of the condensation. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing how wet it gets in there. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like no man, like and yeah. and also like moist. That's like yeah, yeah. It's a word. It's a very repellent kind of word. <laughs> you know? So yeah. So uh, I. Uh, yeah, so I, this this just ended up given being given to me, and it's been my favorite. And uh, I Too asked cool. him, I said, "Can you make another one? You know, yeah. in case." Like, so I have one other one. It doesn't sound as good as this, though. So, and I have well, a bunch of others. If you're watching, send him another one. Come on, <laughs> come on. So, I, and 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 I mean, I have other ones like from Dunlop and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, it's it's which which are, totally are fine. And there's been instances where like. I usually just have this in my pocket and it's like when you're shaving, yeah. well, I don't really shave much, you know, <laughs> but these days, but it's like, you know, there's times where I've forgotten this and yeah. it's like, and I have like, um, normal ones from Dunlop in my, in, in the case for this in case I forget. And so it's like, I'm fine with those, but yeah, this is my favorite. So, and Dunlop is, you know, Brian Kehoe or buddy, Yo, great. he's, he's the cat man, yeah, you yeah. know? Great. So, so yeah, so that, that's that. And then the Strymon. El Capistan, which is two, the reason I have it is twofold. One is things that are in line with the fuzz face really make a difference. So, like, part of the reason there's not a tuner on here, which you made a comment. Yeah, that's right. Earlier. I was leader board, you don't even have a tuner. No, it's right here. <laughs> the TC clip ons are just amazing. There we go. Um, but um, no, the reason is because. The fuzz faces just are really weird with what, like, extraneous noise and hum problems and all types of weird stuff that it's like, you know, Barry at XDS, I've, like, driven him nuts over the years because it's like, why, you know? And yeah. it's like, I don't know, it just is, you know? Yeah. So the Strymon is about the only one 
that just can sound being like boss pedals really hate fuzz faces for some reason because huh. I always like boss DD2s. Right. Um, but like the buffer that's in a boss pedal like does really crappy things in line with a fuzz face and um, I'm trying to think like the Catlin bread sound pretty good but even still like it was like the Strymon was like the one that just could like be in line with it and sound the best and also like I love the 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 runaway feature you know that like uh, Mark Mark Spear from Krongbin yeah. like uses to great effect with the expression pedal I love that I do that all the time huh you know it's a good palate cleanser yeah you know during like the whole psychedelic freak out kind of thing totally yeah. yeah so like i i love using that and um so yeah there's that and then i always just have a reverb and vibrato switch for whichever the main amp is which is mostly is the gemini but it could be a deluxe reverb or if it's a fly show it could be supers or something so and if then if you're doing like a fly show where it's not even your band you're just you're you're mm -hmm. you're guesting um, mm -hmm. what do you bring I just bring this in a chord. If I'm guesting with somebody, I just, I don't even bring a chord, I just bring this. Uh, uh, no, because I'll just, whatever amp, and I'll just turn it up, and yeah. if I need to point it towards a wall or something. Because, like, if I'll go, like, who I end up going to the guest with, it's like all the almond related stuff, yeah. or, you know, whatever. So it's like, I don't really need anything, you know, for the most part. If it's a fly show, you know, for us, Usually I just use, you know, deluxe reverbs, you know. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the current reissued deluxe reverbs are pretty damn great. Yeah, they're, they're like, great. Yeah. I don't really have issue with them at all, yeah. you know. A um, couple guitars and, and that. I'm pretty simple, man. Like, I went from being pretty anal and crazy. Like, I just remember, like, our first time going to Europe was, like, crazy man because yeah. i was i was full on i mean you know you you know yeah. go back and watch the other episode yeah. <laughs> i was pre-therapy pre-having yeah. a kid a little, little, little obsessive yeah <laughs> it was crazy man yeah. like we were flying with like lots of stuff it yeah. was expensive touring oh i bet yeah. touring in those days now i'm a much like, chiller man yeah so what and what strings are you using oh that's good um strings are string joy huh. which is O which is here, uh, hometown Nashville oh, cool. people. A cool. um, lot of hometown stuff, actually. Uh, like a lot, you know, obviously I mentioned XTS because I use a battery box down here oh, yeah. um, for noise reasons. Oh, that's how you're doing it? Yeah, it's a battery box. Oh, cool. Because um, then I never have to worry about noise. Right. And yeah, and the European thing, it's that much easier. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, String Joy. Um, uh, they uh i've been with somebody else for a long time like 12 years and during the pandemic i'd never you know like experimented with strings because it's like you know yeah. you're moving to the, but you know all of a sudden we had all this time right so we started going down the rabbit hole and yeah. it turns out man that like i really like pure nickel round core strings which i like the old school like the way strings were made in the 50s oh. and 60s and again with clean sounds it like makes a, a bigger difference than distorted like and so i try to hold but there's only so many companies that do that and i tried them all and some of them are like insanely expensive and some aren't and i did this uh thing for fretboard journal um and the guy asked me 
he was like the rep for spring string joy and he was like have you ever tried string joy and i was like i don't even know what that is and he's like they're right there in nashville and it turned out like my friends joey landreth and ariel posen oh. and a bunch of other friends of mine were hip and i said well let me try them you know and i tried them and i freaking love them and so yeah i'm total like diehard you know uh string joy what gauge are you running? just 10 i mean yeah. all these are different but most of these are just 10 through 46 yeah. and then um the the jazz master is like a 14 to 60 something i, I don't remember and then i put 11s on the one that is tuned down a whole step and flat wound 12s that go on that and cool. so yeah and uh but yeah but yeah that string joy and then Gil and Nicole Nev Divine, Divine Noise cables. Uh, he's built me so many cables now, and they never break. And he's the coolest dude. You know this about Gil Divine? Okay, so folks out there, you know what Gil's like hobby is? He goes swimming several times a year, diving with great white sharks. That's his hobby. Wow. That's his hobby, man. Yeah. How baller <laughs> is that? That's some gangsta stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, well, well, we know how that's going to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was, right. but anyway, yeah, but I love them, and I'm trying to, yeah, I think, I mean, that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's other, you know, there's other hometown, hometown guys, but that's uh, pretty much it, I yeah. guess, yeah. JD, hey man, I love your work. I love, love you. you. Great, great seeing you. Thanks for hanging with us. Great seeing you too. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers.